These are comments on the daily lectionary from Treasury of Daily Prayer. Today's lessons are from uh, Monday of uh, the second Sunday after Easter. So uh, it's the 17th of April today. The two reason, readings we're going to look at is from Exodus chapter 22, verse 20 to 23, verse 13. And the second lesson is Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16 and going to verse 30. Okay, first, Exodus chapter 22 and 23. Um, so yesterday we had the giving of the Ten Words, the Ten Commandments, which summarizes the, the, the testimony and the law of God uh, in, in toto. But now what follows Exodus chapter 20 is what's often called the Book of the Covenant. Chapter 20. Uh, 21 and 22 and 23 contain a great many little stipulations and very specific type laws uh, that are obvious. I mean, if you look through these things, uh, they are applications of various ones of the 10 words, uh, but they are very specific in their applicability. And so one thing that I want you to think about here, because sometimes these commandments will seem so very strange and so very specific and so very foreign uh, to us. I mean, although uh, we skipped a lot of this, uh, the Book of the Covenant begins by talking about obligations regarding slaves and different circumstances that happen when two men fight and one gets injured or what you do when, when you accidentally you know, uh, injure somebody or what, what if you actually intentionally kill them, that various things like this. And some of these commandments or, or sort of regulations or almost case law type um, instruction will strike us as very sensible, very reasonable, you know, paying compensation when you hurt somebody or, or proper, you know, proportionate uh, punishment when somebody's to be punished criminally. But others are going to seem very foreign. Uh, there's a, ver a variety of, of commands that relate to slavery and the regulation of slavery and the regulation of, of, of marriage and women and, and young girls and virgins and so forth like that. The commands of God did not drop from heaven as though they were some perfect universal social structure and set of rules. The people to whom God was applying these commands to were people who had, were a part of the ancient Near Eastern worldview. So this, the, their background is what they understood as the types of things that, that, that you know, people dealt with uh, and, and the issues that re required uh, laws and regulations. And the laws that God is giving to Moses here, and I'm not talking about the 10 words specifically, but all these very specific and sometimes very uh, minutely applicable regulations have to be set within the background of how the people are already living. So this wasn't meant to be revolutionary, to give the people a brand new understanding of how to live with one another that they had never experienced before, but rather uh, it was to apply the principles of the 10 words to, uh, you know, the, the ancient Near Eastern pattern of living. Um, and, and so it deals with a lot of things that, you know, most Christians today would say, you know, I don't know what that has to do with us. 
But actually, if you if you consider carefully the principles among all these, you know, various seemingly very foreign kinds of regulations, you can see the principles of the Ten Commandments being played out in an actual culture and an actual people having to live uh, in an actual community together and who are eventually going to go into the promised land and actually have to live in this land together. So something to consider when you're looking at at, uh, at the Book of the Covenant, that's chapters 21, 22, and 23, sort of an expansion and an application of these principles that were delivered in chapter 20, the Ten Commandments themselves, but delivered at a particular time and particular place in a particular culture among particular people. Our second reading is from Luke chapter 4, beginning at verse 16. This is Jesus' visit to Nazareth and the sermon that he gave uh, in his hometown. Now, what I want you to do is recognize how this is, where this um, the particular uh, reading, where it fits in the overall narrative. Jesus has just begun his public ministry. We get a, a brief little synopsis of how he was going through the towns and through the synagogues preaching, and everybody was amazed at his preaching and teaching. We know also that he was performing a great many miracles and, and gathering a great deal of attention. What you have here in Luke is the very first example of Jesus actually preaching. Now, that's different than in Matthew. If you look at Matthew, you see the same pattern. Jesus is baptized, then he goes into the wilderness to be tempted by, by Satan, and then he begins his public ministry in and around the towns of Galilee and the synagogues and so forth, and he's healing people. And then we get to what, for Matthew, was Jesus coming out. Uh, and that's the Sermon on the Mount, a great sermon where we, we see now an illustration of what Jesus was actually saying in the synagogues and in the countryside amongst all these people. For Matthew, the unveiling of Jesus' teaching was in the Sermon on the Mount. In Luke, the, the thing that he wants to put forward uh, to sort of demonstrate the way Jesus preached and the uniqueness and the brilliance of it, but also the controversy of it, is his sermon here in Nazareth. And um, note that, you know, he starts by saying, you know, he reads these words from Isaiah, um, these words, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news. And then he finishes off this reading by saying, today this scripture is fulfilled for you in your presence. Strangely, if you look at the passage, that doesn't seem to have gotten the people all riled up. Right after he says this, the people seem to be very excited to hear what he's going to say next. It's then that Jesus turns their attention to the fact that, you know, you're probably going to say to me, physician, heal yourself. And then he goes on to talk about an Elijah's day. You know, there were many widows, but Elijah only went to one of them. And uh, in Elisha's day, there were there were many with leprosy, but... Uh, but Elisha only went to one of them. And he notes, by the way, that each of these, these people that Elijah and Elisha went to were not Israelites. He's clearly making this, and, and then he makes the point that, you know, only in his own hometown is a prophet without honor. That can be taken two ways. Number one, Jesus is in Nazareth, his hometown. So I don't expect you guys necessarily 
to hold me in great honor unless I do a whole bunch of miracles in front of you. The other way that that can be taken, and probably the additional way that that can be taken, is all of Israel is Jesus' hometown. And all of Israel is not really going to accept who Jesus is, except to the extent that he keeps doing miracles. He'll, he'll garner more and more attention. But the larger issue is they're not going to accept him. He is going to be without honor among his own people, which is exactly what John says in his prologue. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. So I want you to think about this, uh, this passage in Luke as sort of giving a paradigm of Jesus preaching in Nazareth, yes, but also his preaching to Israel. That unless he does miracles, he tends to be rejected. And this passage is sort of setting up the rest of Jesus' ministry. We're going to see this over and over again.